When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. On this week's edition, Graham Young speaks to Michael Gannon and Tron Time after Celtic's win over Rosenborg kept their Europa League hopes alive. Also on the agenda was the form of Philip Benkovic and the small matter of the Betfred Cup final this weekend. So I'm joined uh, by Michael Gannon and Tron Time. Uh, I think you're at the airport now, Mick. How, how was the trip? Overall, good morning. Yeah, we're still we're still on the trip. We're not actually home yet. We're still on still on, uh, in Norway. Um, the Celtic team actually stayed overnight, and they stayed here to do their their, um, their post match kind of rehab work over here. So I think the team were going through all the kind of um, the swimming pool work and all that stuff and um, and rehabilitation stuff. Um, a bit like ourselves, obviously the press pack doing the same, <laughs> the warm downs and the stretches and um, after last night's uh, escapade. But uh, no, it's, um, it's a successful trip for Celtic. Played well last night, um, good performance, good result, and a pretty comfortable win really. So that was a, it's a, it's a ground that Celtic obviously know well. Uh, been two times already in the last 17 months, but it was a it was an impressive way they, they went about their business last night. They were on the front foot, very eager. Maybe like in a lot of maybe domestic away games, they were, there was no fear factor there, was there against Rosenberg? I, I don't. To be honest, with you, I don't think I've seen a more, a more comfortable away performance in Europe for a long time. At this stage in Celtic, it was there was never really any danger. I know the last maybe ten minutes was a slight anxiety crept in because it was only one nil. But in hindsight, there was never really that. Like you say, there was never really that fear factor. They were in complete control most of the game. Um, it was pretty emphatic. I mean, the one goal really wasn't the kind of um, enough to show for their efforts. But the first hour, I thought they played very well. Um, at half time, it was only one goal, was it coming two or three? Um, Rosenberg didn't offer too much at all. I don't think he'd gone on a single save to make. Um, it was just a kind of mature, composed performance. Uh, and again, they had to win, and they did win it. Um, I say, like you say, I've been here so many times, and I mean, myself, I've been here more than I've been to Livingston, I think, in the last few months. Um, home from home. Yeah. Um, but it, did, it felt like a kind of away game in Scotland. I don't think I don't think Rosenberg would finish top four in Scotland. To be honest with you, um, I think I think uh, Rangers have been Hearts and Hibs are I think are better than them. To be honest with you, um, and, and the result and, and performance kind of reflected that. So Scott Sinclair second headed goal of the year in Europe. Uh, not many people have been betting on that at the start of the season. He broke. Arguably, guys like Benkovic and Tierney were excellent in the night, but for Sinclair, who's almost playing himself back into form, uh, another goal, a big goal at that as well. Uh, do you think he could maybe be pushing on for the rest of the season? I know we've probably been here before, but there's definitely been uh, shoots of recovery in recent months. What do you think of him last night and going forward? Yeah, it does seem to get his confidence back. Um, I think he didn't quite hit the same heights last season. Maybe the, um, the early part of this season, but it um, does seem to be finding his father a bit of confidence. But uh, I don't think he played that that great last night. It was okay last night. It took his goal well. I think it's more about the, the, the work from James Forrest down the right to create it. I think it was more important for that goal. But he did he did play reasonably well. 
Um, I think what Sinclair brings to the team is he brings a, a lot of balance to the side. I think obviously with um, with um, Dembele leaving and the plans to play Dembele and Edward uh, as a front two-ish kind of thing, that kind of went by the wayside when Dembele left. But bringing him back to the old kind of style, kind of um, formation and style, Sinclair does give you that balance, that Celtic, uh, that balance that you force on one side, Sinclair on the other. Uh, it links up well with Keon Pearlman. It, it, it does look like a, a comfortable fit for Celtic. So he's playing pretty well. Um, and I think he'll take some shifting from the team. But in saying that, Billy Nodd's got a lot of decisions to make this weekend. He's got guys fit and available. Uh, there's a lot of boys who want to play in the cup final on Sunday. Um, so it's, it's going to be tricky getting them all in. No, that's a, a very good point. That was actually going to be my next question. So, 1 11, you'd imagine. If we should pull through, you'd, I think that the back four would be able to start again. Uh, but in midfield, there's real decisions to be made. And Sham was in the bench last night, as was Scott Brown, who came on to calm things down in the closing stages. What's your gut instinct? How do you think they'll line up in the three in midfield on Sunday? Excuse me. Uh, I think you might go again with the same the same lineup again. Um, I think Scott Brown managed the last year 12 minutes, but it's, it's a big ask to go straight back into a cup final. The big Hamden pitch, but he's not played for for, um, for seven games. Not that they started for seven games, that's a big ask. Uh, Cham, interesting one, potentially um, could play, but I think it'd be pretty harsh. You know, you look at the, the midfield um, of McGregor, Christie, Rogic. Um, I mean, Rogic might be the one to make way. He's, he's still kind of. Working you back to fitness. Cup final rogage, but Mickey, you know, he's, he likes his goals against Aberdeen. And the, the big wide, wide open space in hand is, is perfect for Tom, for Tom Rogic. Um, so, therefore, I think we'd be, they'd be reluctant to, to leave him out. Uh, let's see, Ryan Christie's uh, in the best form he's created at Celtic so far. The harsh to leave him out. And Cal McGregor's been, been pretty sensational this season in any role of plays. Um, so, I mean, if I ain't broke, type, type situation with Celtic at the moment, but then again, Scott Brown is the captain, the leader, a big influence on and off the pitch. If he's fit, you would try and see him to play, but is he, is he 100% fit for the cup final? I don't know. I think he would be in a couple more games. Um, it's a busy period coming up, so I think I could see um, Roger sticking with what he's, what he's been going with in the last few weeks. Then that would take us uh, towards the, the top end of the pitch, the strikers. Edward, who arguably played his best ever game for Celtic against Leipzig. There's a couple of times, he, as good as he is, and when you see him drifting to the left side, he's very comfortable cutting inside. But maybe last night he lacked a bit of physicality, just uh, at times he wasn't right in the last defender, maybe coming across for some of the uh, tantalising balls that were going across the six-yard box. Would you, would you imagine that he'll get the nod ahead of Griffiths, even though Griffiths kind of working yeah, back in the contention? Yeah, still short in terms of starting the match, I think. I think he's still short in terms of starting. I think um, coming from the bench, yeah, I think he's fine. Um, listen, Edward did this thing here last night, and I think yeah, you could tell from the first few minutes. I think his first touch uh, of his shin and bounced away, and you think it's not going to be his night, and it was like that all right for him. It's just one of those nights when he's been boots on the wrong feet. Um, just just couldn't seem to get going. Um, I think he, he struggled a wee bit. Um, but uh, he's been in decent form as well. Uh, as you mentioned, that Leipzig game was fantastic that night. Um, so I'd imagine he'll, he'll lead the line uh, at the weekend. Griffiths, I don't think it's quite there yet in terms of starting. I think he's um, he's getting there, but um, speaking to a few of them last night, I think he's still a wee bit away from, from starting the game. Um, but he'll have a he'll have a uh, he'll go off the bench, I imagine, on Sunday uh, and play a part in the game. That's for sure. Uh, so if you're looking to match a record set by Walter Smith's side, um, and that really kind of brings you into that level of a side where Rogers is. Got Celtic playing at. They're now one of the all-time 
great Scottish teams domestically anyway and they're making inroads in Europe as well. What, what do you think that would mean, a, a, another trophy sitting in a row for Rodgers? But where would that, how would that further enhance his legacy at Celtic? Well, I mean, it's, it's already there. I mean, the, the, the invincible treble and back-to-back trebles, I think it's already the safeguard he's, he's placing in the, um, the history books for Celtic. Uh, he's now just adding to it. Um, I think to go to go seven trophies in a row, uh, I think people are actually almost taking for granted to the success that he's had. Yeah. But it's phenomenal, really, um, to be like, so consistent once a long period of time. Um, I mean, the game of Sunday, you've got to see their heavy, heavy favourites for Sunday. Um, I mean, the, the task ahead of Aberdeen is absolutely huge, isn't it? Um, I mean, Aberdeen, I think, are undertaking of anyone a, a game, but you look at the, the comparative resources and players, uh, like we said, there's, there's guys back fit and firing. It looks like a huge ask for Aberdeen. Celtic are, are pretty much firing all cylinders at the moment. And if they turn up on Sunday, you can't see anything apart from a, a Celtic win, really. Um, but it's a cup final. Aberdeen... I say they've maybe not produced it uh, in these kind of big games in the past. But I'm saying that, I think the Scottish Cup final against Celtic a couple of years ago, I thought they played pretty well. Um, the kind of middle part of the, the game, they were, they were pretty good. Um, but you got to say that, that Celtic are overwhelming the favourites for this one. You, you, you'd fancy they go and get the, the first trophy of the season on board. One of the, and you, obviously the reason why you're still in Trondheim, Celtic decided to stay overnight, uh, revealed early in the week. Is that obviously everything in mind for Sunday as well? Uh, extra recuperation, time to rest. How? Uh, what's what's the thinking there then? Do you think there's got to be would that lead to maybe keeping the same team as we talked upon? Maybe giving players that have played a lot of football just that extra rest to go one more time, and maybe the schedule might ease up after Salzburg in a few weeks, give more players a chance to play. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the reason for first day next extra night, I think usually on these European trips, you, you, they go straight home and you get in about three or four o'clock in the morning. So you, the next day is pretty much a write-off. Um, so I think there's, there's ways with the sports science department and all that stuff. It's all great technical and they've got a that's probably best to take up this morning, do their rehab stuff, have a team meeting, and then they're flying out in the next kind of hour or so. Um, so it's, it's like almost like an all-working day and it's just hit the flight home. Um, so it's understandable because it's, it's a quick turnaround. Also, the finals on Sunday, so they've only got really an extra day to put prepare for it. Um, obviously, the schedule and cut towards the December schedule is, is mayhem for for a lot of teams. Um, it's, it's big games every every, every few days. Uh, I think the eleven games in December. That's two of the way, uh, but they keep coming thick and fast right up to the, up to the new year. Um, so that, that, the Celtic squad's coming back to me. I think the, the squad this year has been, has been battered by injuries. I think there's only two or three that haven't been injured at some point. Um, the rest of them have spent some time in the treatment table. But they're all, back, they all seem to be back now and, and fit, so they're, they're going to need that squad because they're going to get stretched to, to limit in the next few weeks. Um, it's a crucial period of the season as well. Just to uh, go back to the Europa League for a moment, obviously last night's result was perfect and Fears over a carver for a Leipzig victory were uh, not misguided, but it didn't come to fruition anyway. And Salzburg again proved why uh, they're probably the pick of the Red Bull bunch right now. Obviously, yeah, the, it's all set up the fantastic finale. Beat Salzburg or get a draw, and they'll be in the last 32, which looked unlikely after they trudged off to, uh, in Leipzig after match day three. What about that for Celtic? That. In many ways, it's, you can a draw takes you through, but they won't play that type of game. It'll be back under the disco lights, a, a big atmosphere. How, how do you imagine Brendan Rodgers will tackle that game in the night? 
I, mean, I think it, it, it shaped up perfectly for them, really. I mean, I think, like you say, after that Leipzig game, it almost felt like Celtic were writing off this European campaign. Uh, it just seemed to be that it, it petered out and wasn't really going anywhere. The injuries were taking its toll. It, just, it was all a bit flat, wasn't it? But that Leipzig at Parkhead really kind of um, brought it back to life. Uh, and so the win last night is set it up perfect for this game. It's going, to, it's going to some night. I mean, I think the Leipzig night was one of those special European nights at, at Parkhead. Uh, obviously, it had the big, the big fancy light show and all that stuff, but it's going to be that again. Uh, the big question is, listen, Salzburg are a top side. Um, arguably the best side in this no, no question the best side in this group by far. Um, uh, the only question is, what, what would the motivation be like in that game? They've already qualified uh, for the knockout phase. Um, do they approach it in a different manner? You like they may think that they might not have the, the foot in the gas in that one. But if Celtic started the game that night with a big atmosphere and uh, a lot of intensity, you, you can see them do it. You can see them pulling it off. They've, they've beaten better teams at, at home uh, in the Champions League and in, in Europe League as well. Um, listen, it's tough. Like I said, Salzburg, I mean, the, the one in Germany as well, uh, they're going to be really strong. Uh, they've got quality players uh, from top to bottom. So it's a, it's a tough a tough game, but given the way they were a few weeks ago, Celtic, to have a chance to get a point to get to the knockout stages, it's a pretty big achievement. And it is a big achievement again to stay in Europe beyond Christmas. 100%. Often for Scottish teams. We take, I mean, it's, um, it's almost viewed as a kind of, um, it's par for the course to get to that stage, but it's, it's difficult. Um, and Scottish teams don't do it all that often. So it would be a great achievement um, to get beyond Christmas. Uh, and I think they can do it now. I think they can. It's like a big night at Shirley Park. Full house, great atmosphere and all that stuff. An intensive atmosphere. It's, it would be great. I think it's. Um, I think they've got the one foot in the next round. Um, but, like I say, it's, it's difficult. It's, a diff- it's not a tough match, but um, I believe they could do it. I think you're uh, spot on there about the, the achievement aspect of it all. I think we're finding now that with the amount of teams for the top, top leagues that are making it into the group stages of the Champions League. There's really good teams that aren't quite making it in, that are more than capable in Europe. Uh, and they're still to find out, especially with Leipzig and Salzburg in their group. One well, to be honest with you, it's a, a pretty difficult group they got. I mean, oh, really difficult. The champions of Austria and the champions of Norway and, and, and Scottish champions. There's three champions of, in European terms in that group, in Europa League. So it's a, a pretty tough, tough um, section they're handed. Yeah. Come out above above Leipzig, who have got a massive budget, um, Red Bull, Red Bull buildings behind them and all that stuff. If they finish above Leipzig, that's a hell of an achievement. Hundred percent. So one player uh, I'd like to just talk about is uh, Philip Benkovic. Uh, touched upon him earlier on. Uh, obviously, Celtic and everyone at the club will be desperate. They will stay beyond January, and it, I think Caldwell recently intimated that that, that looks likely. Uh, but he's he's top notch, isn't he? He's the, I know Boyata is developed into a great player but this is this is a guy that you can hang your hat on in Europe uh, to produce the goods He's a real deal isn't he he's a, he's a Rolls Royce I mean, you can tell he's just, he just he's his quality he just seems so calm and composed at all times um, he's got that kind of rugged edge that you want as a defender but he's also good in the ball he's classy on the ball I think I, I was looking through some of his stats last night his, his passing stats are, are, are phenomenal mm. um, rarely gives the ball away <laughs> he's instrumental at building in the, in the back as is Boyata who has now become uh, I mean, a, a, a top player for Celtic um, but 18 months ago I don't think anyone would have believed it uh, but the pair of them together actually dovetail pretty well they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're pretty cool don't get flustered too often um, I just think when you watch the two of them last night when they strolled it last night I mean, against uh, Nicholas Bender 
Because uh, I know he's going to get a time when the time when the can coming up. He looks like he's put up all on January's ankles. Um, I'm hopeless. But I think a lot of that would be down to the outlook too, completely marked about the game. Um, they strolled it last night, a pair of them. Um, and you just can't help but thinking, what if only Celtic had those two available for the Champions League qualifiers? I mean, I don't think that would have happened in Athens if they had those no. two in place at that point in time. Um, but you can't turn back the clock, but it's a case of a bit like a bullseye, what, um, so you could have won. Um, if they had day two in place, I don't think they'd lose the, the games against the. Um, against AK Athens um, but having them now um, firing all cylinders I think I think the clean sheets between the two of them I think it's the 10-13 games between the two of them yeah. they've, they've racked up so if they don't lose many goals uh, and they're going to be crucial for this next, next week period um, like you say Leicester are saying that they're happy from the state of the whole season that's music to Celtic's ears but yeah, it's meant to be seen I mean I think I think Celtic will get tested in January I think uh-huh. there'll be a bid that comes in for him, um, having not back nine million in the, in the summer, they might have another decision to make in January. Um, with a bit of contract in a few months' time, um, I don't know. He's really good, isn't he, Mitch? Like, I know there's you can have these slapstick games like the Ibrox game, even though Celtic eventually won three two. And it, if you're watching that at home as a neutral, you think this guy's a bomb scare. But there's, there's yeah. been such a progression maybe under Rodgers that the, the confidence to pass the ball, he'll do pretty well won't he, when he moves on. And it might be a bigger club than you'd, you'd imagine. It could potentially be just with his exploits for Belgium as well. I just think, you look at the English market in January, teams that are struggling in January are crying out for defenders. And, um, a big, strong, solid centre-half that can pass the ball. I mean, every box is getting ticked. Yeah, he throws in the odd little moment. Then again, I think they have been le- less and less this season um, there have been I think, um, I think the last time we had a, had a real kind of um, shocker maybe it was Ibrox and the managed to, to win 3-2 I think that day was, um, was a bomb going around um, but he seems to cut that out a wee bit in, in, in recent times I think the confidence again cycling for Belgium I think it's helped him as well um, but listen if there's a, a, there'll be money on the table and I'm, I'm convinced there'll be money on the table in January for him I think some will come in and they might even be five or six million pounds and for a guy who's got months left in his contract, it's going to be difficult for him to turn it down, especially given the way it worked out in the summer when he, he, he thought he was away, he wanted to be away. But in fair, listen, fair play to him, he's, he's knuckled down, he's head down, and he's played through it, despite his, his, um, his little tantrum in the summer. Um, but I think we could win for another interesting January with him. Because, um, like, like I say, the team's in, especially that bottom half of that English Premier League. Yeah, they're desperate. Film on one team. That uh, when I'm in from before and they, they've been pretty poor at the back, you'd imagine they'd be yeah, looking at them again. Yeah, I mean, they're still interested. I mean, I think they, would, they wouldn't even blink at, at, at throwing seven, eight million pounds in the guy's contract yeah. in six months. So it's, uh, it'll be interesting, that's for sure. I know they'd certainly love to keep them to the end of the season, um, but they might have their hand forced, unfortunately. Uh, I guess it's the way the, way the market goes. Um, but and then, then there's a little worry that they left them saved that won't um, get to the season but if, if Man United go and can take uh, Harry Maguire uh-huh. they, might their, they might change their opinion quite quickly well, exactly. Um, exactly So, but that's, this, this is the danger of the January window it's a, it's a, it's a perilous window um, so I certainly need to be on their guard yeah and I think maybe if Boya not a sacrificial lamb as such but the player they expect who could depart that would there's an acceptance among Celtic fans that that might be the case, but they'd probably be keen not to lose anyone else, irrespective of the, the bids that come in. Uh, but if they're in the last 32, they feel good factor. Probably Rangers are still close enough to now for a title race. There's plenty to play for in the second half of the season. So, yeah, yeah. 
turning back to Hamden, um, massive game as we spoke about earlier on. Earlier on said Aberdeen have got their work cut out up against it. If you were going to go for a scoreline prediction, what would you be going for, Mick? I, 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 I don't know. I, I, the moment I'm thinking it looks like a comfortable Celtic win. Um, that's that's my, my my gut feeling is that they're suited that big wide open pitch. Having suits to the game, that Aberdeen will need to. Aberdeen can't play their own game. Aberdeen cannot play Celtic uh, and try and match them uh, that, that kind of passion game. They'll need to be. They need to be direct. They need to go long. They need to try and avoid getting pressed at the back. You Celtic will push on them and try and press them. Um, so they need to play direct. Get the ball up to the, up the pitch early. Win set pieces. Try and cause problems from from, uh, from corner kicks, free kicks, running about the box, that kind of thing. But if Celtic get a chance to impose their game on Aberdeen, I can only see one winner. I can I could see a fairly comfortable kind of two 0 victory, to be honest with you. Um, and it's, it's not a particularly grueling journey back from Norway. They're on. It's not like I came back from Kazakhstan yeah. either. So they're, they're, they're going to be fairly fresh. So they've got momentum. They've got they've got form and they've got confidence. It's a pretty dangerous combination, I think, for for Aberdeen, who. This year, the fairness haven't really had ice this year at all. They've had good performance here and there, but not really put any kind of decent run of form together. So you kind of fear from a wee bit. Uh, but if they can make it awkward for Celtic and say we be direct, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying rough them up, but that's the kind of thing they're going to have to, to look at a different way of playing because they can't afford to hold toe to toe with Celtic because they're only one winner. Well, that's it. So the rest of your day, you'll head back now. Mike, what time will we see you back in the office at to get back down to work? Uh, yeah, well, we'll be landing, uh, crash landing about 5 o'clock this evening. <laughs> uh, yeah, back, back for the night shift. Uh, <laughs> the days never done. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, no, I, I appreciate your time anyway today, Mick, and uh, looking forward to speaking to you soon, so thanks for joining us. No problem. That's all from us this week. We'll be back again soon with all the latest from Parkhead. Remember to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available and you can also rate us on there as well. Thanks for listening. Listener.